1: Welcome, Country Squire Radio. I'm Bo, and I'm John David. he? Hey, Bo,
0: man. Good evening, man. Good evening to you, sir. Dude, it's been way too long. It, you know, the thing is, that, you know, it's all about time travel, right? <laughs> like it's a, uh, it's a mental state of being. For yeah. the Listener, uh, they have come with us to Chicago a, a weekend that we stretched out to three weeks, <laughs> and uh, because we we are the masters of time and space. You know, I, yeah, I've, I've,
1: uh, a portal opened in, in opened in Chicago. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. It took us back, and we uh, we got to spend a lot of good time with uh, Albert Einstein. Uh, Al, oh. Al, Alfred Dunhill, oh, man, uh, all true. the uh, all the famous French pipe carvers from the early uh, early nineteenth century, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, you know, uh, I, I think the. I think. Um,
0: Have you been reading my graphic novel? No, yeah. that I'm sending to Beardcore and uh, and Russ.
1: I think, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. I might be onto some. Well, I, I, I went through the space time continuum, was able to get a hold of that too. Yeah,
0: well, there you go. Yeah, it was it, great. It, it all comes together. <laughs> it all comes together.
1: Man, it's been uh, it's been quite a month. Yeah, we uh, as you know, if you're our regulars know, uh, we obviously uh, had a great time in Chicago and mm. uh, did that up big, and then t- took had enough content. We uh, took a few weeks off from the live show and uh, you know spent some time uh, you know doing our thing. Yeah, uh, which which was nice. I, I didn't know what to do with myself really on I, on, on Monday nights. I left the country. Uh, yeah, you did. <laughs> that's how <laughs> hey, that's how lost I was. I went down to Mexico. Man, that's your credit. <laughs> yeah, you you went for uh, kind of a kind of a getaway thing.
0: huh? Yeah, man, it was great. I you know I it's funny because I posted out on Twitter that I hadn't met on vacation in like two years, like not yeah. a true vacation because yeah. we've gone to New Orleans several times, but you know, I'm just working from New Orleans. <laughs> I, I,
1: I I love that you haven't been in, on vacation in, in that long. And it, it was really cool. Uh, I'll brag on you just a second here. Oh. We had a, uh, a uh, our local paper, the Clarion Ledger had an article on you and some of your uh, venture stuff, uh, particularly with Satchel and potastery And um I, I love that in the, it, the day the paper came out, <laughs> uh, you know, they, they had you quoted as saying, man, I hadn't been on a vacation in two years. And, and, and this, our article came out. And you're at the beach. I am at the beach in, I in another country, and, and so you take a selfie and uh, and quote this article. And you're wearing what? You're wearing like a bathrobe. that There's like palm the trees balcony, in the background. Yeah. Sipping
0: champagne at like you know eight in the morning. That's gorgeous, man.
1: I was like, man, this uh, the, the, the timing could not have been better. But uh, I thought
0: that was hilarious, Miss
1: I'm glad you got to glad you got to get out a little bit and
0: and let your hair down, man. That's good. Yeah. No, it's good. No, I um I had a good time, but I'm absolutely glad to be back. I know. The, uh, uh, even though it's been uh, it's been three weeks, it's felt far longer, man. I love uh, love hanging out with you on Monday nights. Yeah, did it, man. Uh, this is uh, this is this is one of the highlights of my week, and, and man, we got a we got a great show to talk to people about today. Yeah, um, you know I. I I do feel like I should mention it. It is my birthday. It, uh, it is. Happy birthday. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. So what are we, 48? Uh, you know Bry- what? <laughs> I was actually on somebody else's show recently, and yeah. they asked me how old I was. I was like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm older than you guys. I'm, they were kind of younger in their 20s. I said, yeah. I'm 32, or I was about to turn 32, which is what I am today. And they're like, oh, yeah. okay. I could have sworn you were over 40. And oh. they weren't joking. Like, that's the thing. Turn the knife, baby. Dude. I always thought I had kind of a young kind of look thing going on, but I guess two kids will, uh,
1: had that, will age up pretty quick. Had, had you had you shaved at this point, or was it more of a uh, you know kind of a kind of a grizzled look?
0: Yeah, I mean, I look like I look now. Just yeah. which I guess is over forty. No, that's I mean, you know, <laughs> which for all of our over forty listeners, we know there are several of you there. Nothing wrong with that. It's right. just that I'm not. You're not. You're, <laughs> you're not actually eight
1: years from that. Yeah. Well, man, happy happy birthday, <laughs> brother. You. Man, so glad we could spend the night uh, doing this together and, uh, and celebrating. So, uh, I hope, I hope, uh, plenty of, uh, wonderful, uh, wishes come your way. Uh, I, I was, uh, thrilled the other day to open up Facebook and see this amazing, um, uh, r- return of the Jedi poster. Oh, yes, sir. Uh, with, with my face, uh, uh, superimposed over Han Solo's face's body, uh, you know, just, uh, holding a blaster. And, uh, of course you, you, uh, you know, uh posing beautifully as Luke Skywalker and it, and it I, I was just I was just
0: terrified Return of the Live <laughs> Show man I there had to be some something big to let people know we were coming back to the traditional I, format
1: I, I I I was just terrified it was uh it, it was really great man it, it's funny uh you know oddly enough between Chicago and the time um that you and I are getting together now we had another pipe pilgrimage Really we did and uh, a guy named Kirby Booth uh came all the way from uh, Northern California. Him and his uh, beautiful wife wow. came uh, just from uh, just from north of San Francisco. There, and you know this happens occasionally. We get folks that uh, are passing, you know, kind of through the southeast, and so they'll swing by the Country Squire. Uh, this has become a thing. And you can look up other uh, folks that have done this on Instagram. There's a, a hashtag Pipe Pilgrimage. Is there really? And, and so you can get, get on, on there and kind of kind of look and see. But uh, it was really cool. I love spending some time with Kirby. And Kirby uh, brought me some uh, some whiskey from San Francisco, <laughs> which, which was really cool. Uh, but uh, it, 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 this was awesome. Him and his wife were vacationing in New Orleans. Mm. Uh, and then they drove up. They took a whole day out of their vacation to come all the oh, way man. up to the Squire. Uh, and th- this That's is right awesome. as you had left town. So, uh, so so you you uh, you were out, but um. But anyway, he brought you something as well. No, and, and uh, and and I think it's a little
0: appropriate, <laughs> dude. Oh my gosh! Wait, wait, wait! Revenge. Okay, this is a,
1: this is a T-shirt now, that now. says. Star Wars Revenge of the Jedi.
0: Now, for those of you who do not know, Revenge it, of the Jedi was the original title for Return of the Jedi yeah. before it was changed, because, of course, Revenge is not necessarily a, a Jedi you know, principle. It's That's more right. It's like something associated with the Sith, which is why when they told the story of Revenge of the Sith, they went they kind of did an homage to the, the original title for Jedi. But dude, where did he, did he make so, this? So, so no, he has had this in his closet
1: since the 1980s. Are you serious? And it was collecting dust. And Kirby was like, look, I... Bo is the the person I know that will appreciate this more than probably anyone on Earth. And Dude. so he, he brought this awesome uh, Revenge of the Je- Jedi shirt. This is a collector's item. Dude! Like, this was on the market, and all this kind of stuff had to be removed from the market when uh, when Lucas changed the name yeah. of the movie, obviously. Yeah. And so, uh, man, congratulations.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: Yeah, thanks to Kirby. How did you sit on this <laughs> the entire time? Dude, I, I wanted to bring it out on air. It's really man. cool. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's awesome. Oh, my goodness so i kirby you said yeah like like the love bug that's right (laughs) kirby that would be herbie Oh, that was Herbie. Yeah, yeah that, that that would be Herbie. Kirby was the pink uh pink puff from Nintendo, right? Yeah, this is not that Kirby. <laughs> Man. <laughs> dude, you are awesome. Thank Man. you so much.
1: Yeah, it was we had a really great visit that day. And Kirby got the full experience too. We had uh had a full uh a crew of our um you know peanut gallery here in the shop, and so it was just insane. We uh, had a good afternoon solving the world's problems and uh and, and, and creating some too. It was, it was good. But anyway, he was very kind to of, to bring uh bring you that and uh and bring me a little of the brown water from out west.
0: So. I'm I'm a little taken back right now. That's <laughs> that's awesome. That that might be the best birthday present I've gotten all day. That's that's incredible. Thank pretty you. Pretty cool, man. Yeah, Thank pretty you so cool. Much for that.
1: Hey, one other announcement too. Um, yeah, it, it, it got a lot of cool stuff going on. Uh, stay tuned over the next few weeks. We got some really uh, interesting things going on here at the Country Squire, and we'll be rolling those things out uh, here in the next couple of weeks. I'm going to leave it kind of vague just to. Um, uh, maybe uh, give you a little, a little incentive to check in with us later. <laughs> maybe that's it. But uh, one thing I do want to mention: we are so excited today uh, to announce that um, on June sixteenth at from five to eight p.m. we are going to have a fathers, friends, and fire event with oh, wow. uh, our, with our friends from Fourth Generation Pipes. Yeah, uh, our, our good friend Eric Stokeby, and, uh, and then also, uh, Kamoy pipes, which are, which are distributed by the same folks at Phillips and King. So, uh, we are so excited. It's a Father's Day event, kind of extravaganza. We'll have, uh, uh, fourth generation pipes, uh, leather goods, all the really cool high end leather stuff that they've come out recently. Of course, uh, fourth generation pipes, good friend of the show. And, um, and we're proud to have them as a partner. Uh, but then also the Kamoi pipes as well, and uh, and just just what a lineage that has been passed down and has been uh, rebooted in this new uh, effort to to re uh, kind of reintroduce Kamoi. So uh, so excited man! Uh, June sixteenth, uh, the Thursday before Father's Day, five to eight PM here at the Country Squire. Uh, come one, come all. I'm sure we'll have some uh, strong drink and uh, probably some food and uh, some sweet pipes. Man, yeah, that's such a, it's an
0: appropriate event at such an appropriate time as well. Because of course you know um yeah, fathers and legacy is 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 a very much tied to the story of fourth generation yeah that's uh, right as you can kind of see from the uh, the naming of uh, naming convention itself uh, now komoi pipes we actually did an episode on komoi pipes a couple of weeks ago called komoi meets world so you right. sure check that out <laughs> Uh, but yeah, man, Didn't we really name it that. That's what we call oh, that's it. Yeah, great. That's, that's we great. Uh, but, uh, but as you mentioned, man, Eric, uh, Eric Stokeby, fourth generation, of course, a sponsor of this show. And yeah. uh, as we've been doing for the last several weeks, we've been taking a look at various pipes and tobaccos that are part of that fourth generation series. Today, the pipe fi- sponsoring the show is the 1957. Yeah. Now tell us a little bit about the 1957.
1: Yeah. Beautiful pipe. Of course, all these, as we mentioned before, uh, are, you know, designed by Eric Stokeby himself. And of course, Stokeby is just one of the gold standard names in the pipe industry. Oh, yeah. Uh, but what Eric's done is he's created a uh, with the 1957 a kind of a, a pot-shaped pipe. All these pipes have a little Danish influence to them, but uh, this is a very uh, traditional, uh, you know, kind of uh, Western British style shape, but it, it definitely has a little Danish chunkiness to it, which is nice. And, <laughs> I like uh, that. Yeah, yeah, it's really, really beautiful. Uh, just a very handsome band that goes around it, and uh, like all the other uh, fourth generation pipes, comes in four different finishes. We've got a, a dark porter, a natural Vintage finish, a mature orange and a burnt sienna, uh, which I think is particularly beautiful on this, on this particular pipe. So, uh, just comes with a really, uh, really nice brass colored band and, uh, looks sharp. These are going to be kind of, kind of chunky pipes, something that your paws will feel Mm, real comfortable, mm -hmm. uh, sitting around. And, um, man, we're just, just tickled to, had them as a sponsor this evening. There's so. a
0: real specialness to his pipes as well. If you go to fourthgentobacco.com, you'll be able to actually check them out. Fourth gen, uh, the number four actually in the in the website there. Yeah. Also the uh, the tobacco for the 19, uh, 19- 1957. 57. Yeah. This is Eric Michaels blend
1: nineteen fifty seven Eric Michaels blend. Uh, I'll read the description. It says this blend is a perfect mixture of light Virginia tobaccos. Uh, when lit up, you'll find natural sweetness and taste with room notes of soft creamy vanilla. And it mm. comes uh, comes in a forty gram and a hundred gram. Ten, and uh, we're uh, proud to have them as sponsors. And of course, if you come to our event on uh, June sixteenth, fathers, friends, and fire, uh, you'll be able to buy and try all these tobaccos. So, yeah. and and pipes. They're gorgeous. I got yeah. a chance
0: to sample uh, most all of them in uh, in Chicago. And yeah. man, oh
1: man, they're good, man. Yeah, yeah. That that nineteen thirty one is is like it, that. That should probably uh, be on some kind of, uh, list of controlled substances. Cause that, <laughs> cause that stuff is really good. <laughs> What's, what? it, it's really hard for me to put that down.
0: What's the one that's before that one? The, uh, the honey blend, I think.
1: Uh, let's see. I'm trying to remember. Yeah. Yeah. A- the 1897, the Eric, Eric Paul's blend. I
0: yeah. bought, I bought one of those tins and, and added it to my cellar, which by the way, I've got like a freaking cellar now. Yeah, dude. Like what? how did that happen? I don't know. Like <laughs> I, I was actually surveying before going to Mexico, which tobaccos? I snuck some of your tobaccos. Out of the country, by the way. Oh, I good. We, we didn't tell customs when going through. They asked if we had tobacco, and before I could answer, my wife said, "Nope." <laughs> <laughs> oh, we love Mrs. York. That's yeah. great. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but yeah, no man, I, I I got some of his stuff in the cellars. So That's awesome, really man. Yeah,
1: stuff. well, really good tobaccos from Eric at at, uh, at Fourth Generation, and um, we thank them for supporting us, and we hope that you support them.
0: You know, part of the reason why we are uh, doing this podcast and and why most of you are tuning in is because there's a there's a love for good quality blended tobacco. Uh, That's right. It's a uh, it's a, a beautiful pastime with a rich history and also some great tasty blends out there. Uh, you yourself have been responsible for blending uh, a lot of great blends in the, in the last several years that you've been a tobacconist and, you know, there's a lot of concern going around right now for, for things going around, uh, legally speaking. And while historically, when we've done this podcast, we, we talk about, um, pseudo timeless events or, or rather not events, but pseudo timeless subject matter. Yeah, right? sure. So we, we talk about, uh, Products. We talk about shapes. We talk about uh, various blends. We, we do blend pairings. We go into the culture that surrounds the pipe. That that's, that's right. That's historically right. Historically, kind been, of our bread and butter. Yeah, it's historically been our approach. Uh, today, we're doing something a little bit differently because of uh, some recent uh, litigation. Is that the right phraseology? Well, no. It's just uh, we'll, we'll say uh, government. Interventional developments. Uh, there we go. That's, <laughs> that sounds good. How about that? <laughs> We're of course talking about the uh, FDA regulation of cigars and pipe tobacco. That's right. Now That's this right. Uh, kind of came about in the last few weeks while we've been uh, absent from, from yeah. creating kind of you know uh, new new shows. And so yeah. you know there was a, a large demand of the over the last couple of weeks. There's a lot of people confused about this. A lot of people wondering uh, our thoughts on it. And uh, we thought, you know what? We probably take a whole show, dedicate a show to it, man. Yeah, I think that I think. uh, Yeah, I think it'll it'll be hopefully very educational for everybody, hopefully educational for me, because I'm still trying to piece all this together.
1: (laughs) Well, and what's funny, uh, of course, we are talking about the FDA regulations that have come out. And uh, I think technically it's called their final rule uh, on on uh, deeming tobacco products. And so uh, what they've done here, Bo, and this is. Um, it's still being flushed out. It's right. going to be litigated, uh, you know, on and on and on. But uh, yeah, just uh, interestingly enough, a few days after we leave Chicago, <laughs> uh, you know, we kind of I start getting all these phone calls and text messages, and I'm like, "Have you heard? Have you heard?" And it's like, you know, it it it's it's almost like people are thinking it's the end of the world or something. And, right. Uh, and so the FDA, of course, comes out with this final rule. And, um, and, and, and it's the talk of the town in in the tobacco world in the premium tobacco world. So, um, yeah, uh, basically get just, we'll kind of let you know what's going on and then we'll step back and get a little historical perspective on kind of, kind of where we're at, kind of how we got to this point. Um, and then, and then take it from there and, uh, and see kind of where we think this is going. So, um, basically what, what our uh, our friends at the, at the FDA have done is they have, uh, taken, uh, premium tobacco products like uh, pipes and cigars, uh, but then also other other tobacco products as well, such as uh, uh, inexpensive cigars that are short filler and also um, uh, hookah products and uh, vape products, which are not tobacco products at all. They uh, just have nicotine. Right, right, right. Uh, and so they've taken all these e-cigarettes and, and and then the other things and then lumped them in, of course, with premium things like pipes and, and cigars. And and they even have, e-cigarettes, uh, even e-cigarettes, wow, okay. and that, and I and I actually that's one of the biggest thrusts of this whole deal, which we'll we'll talk about huh. uh, shortly. Yeah. But uh, what they've done is they've taken that and said we're going to treat all these products exactly like we do. Uh, the traditional standard American cigarette okay so um, it, basically what they've done is they've kind of uh, imagined the the rules and regulations that are thrust on top of uh, you know your regular pack of cigarettes, a camel or marlboro or whatever you might buy at the at the drugstore um, they've taken those uh, the rules for that and then kind of, kind of thrust them now upon um you know up, upon the premium tobacco world as well as this other stuff so painting
0: with broad brushstrokes broad brushstrokes that's yeah. right and well and historically this has been kind of uh the the at least the culture that we've lived in we've kind of had to fight against that narrative right we even yeah. did an episode called separating the stigma where we yeah. talk specifically about how not all tobacco products are created equal yeah uh regardless of of how some people might view them however in this instance it's Uh, hitting fairly close to home how people are viewing them.
1: Yeah, it it, it is. And, you know, we we do talk about this quite a bit because there is this push, uh, I think, by the folks, uh, you know, in some different industries that want to lump all of us together just to kind of, you know, everyone's got an interest in this to some degree, right? You know, the pipe and cigar stuff for a lot of, uh, can, you know, interest groups. It's kind of a proxy war just for the greatest, for the greater, uh, war against, to, you know, big tobacco and all this kind of thing. But, uh, but, but then also some of the big tobacco companies have some real conflicting interests in this thing as well, which, mm. which we'll talk about some too. But, um, yeah, it, this is all very fascinating. And of course, it came down, uh, just, uh, just a few days after we left Chicago. Uh, basically what, what has happened here is, uh, the, and, and it's very confusing. This real convoluted. And uh, it's one of those things where the more you look at it, the more you're, you go cross-eyed and just, (laughs) and, and and have trouble with it. And you've got, you've got, uh, attorneys and, uh, you know, folks kind of, uh, planning some, uh, litigation and stuff that, uh, you can read various, uh, and sundry articles and opinions online. And, uh, one day they'll say this, the next day, the same person will say something different. And, uh, there's just a lot of, uh, a lot of, (laughs) Um, just a lot of convoluted interpretation of this going on so, so we're, in yeah. we're in the very early situation it's evolving we're in the very early stages of this thing but uh but we did want to talk about it and so uh i'm gonna give lend to you my very uh un uh, legal, uh, tr- legally <laughs> trained <laughs> expertise, and just kind of my uh, my broad brushstroke view from it uh, from from my position. John but, David
0: Cole is a tobacconist. Um, He's not a lawyer, right? You should not take anything he says. He's an actual lawyer.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> say that in that really fast, <laughs> annoying no, voice no, no, that no, like no, goes no. at the end of the commercial. Right, right, right. right. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it, basically, what what they've done here is they they've come out with this uh, final rule, and again, they've kind of uh, they're taking e-cigarettes, uh, cigars, pipe tobacco, hookahs um and and, and kind of lumping it all in with the uh you know with the standard cigarette stuff and so um it, there's a lot of ramifications of this bow we've got a lot of uh a lot of things that are going to come around uh because of this so um it, the the major thing now that they've kind of quote unquote deemed all these uh tobacco products to be um you know tobacco in the sense that a, a regular cigarette is uh the the major thing is that they have picked this uh, essentially an arbitrary date uh, for uh, February fifteenth of two thousand seven, that any product that has been uh, put on the market after that date uh, has to be essentially within uh, two years has to be withdrawn from the market, um, applied to go through a submission process through the FDA through uh, the federal government, and then uh, and then has the opportunity uh, you know in theory to come back on the market after that. And so, right, so. Uh, so 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 I mean now. Now think think about what I just said. Yeah. So so every every tobacco product, premium tobacco product. We're not talking cigarettes here. We're not uh, even talking you know cheap cigars or or even cigars at all I mean we're, we're we're talking everything we're talking everything so think of your your most favorite small batch blend by uh, you know whether it be McClelland or Cornell and deal or uh, you know the the folks at uh, Germain or um you know the you know uh, reintroduction of some of these really old blends that have come out yeah uh, things like three nuns and Balkan sobrani like wow. yeah uh, you know. We, these are products that were off the market prior to 2007 and then have uh, been introduced or reintroduced. Um, and and if all this stands, uh, are about to go away. And so, uh, you know, basically what, what they've done is they're saying, Everything after this date of February fifteenth, two thousand and seven, has to be removed from the market, and they have to go through the PMTA process, which is the pre-market tobacco application process. Um, now, let me let me give you just a just an overview of kind of what that means. Sure. You know, it, the, what the what the federal government is saying um, is, you know, well, you know, if you want your product to be back on the market, you just go through this PMTA process, and then you know, eventually, it gets it back on the market. Um, the the problem is with that uh, is that for each individual product that goes back through this process, the PMTA process, it, it can cost hundreds of thousands of dollars for each individual SKU that is going back on the market.
0: Uh, so each so individual product,
1: each individual product. So we're talking like they have to go through uh, you know hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of uh, testing and uh, you know uh, lawyers' fees and. Um, you know all kinds of uh, trial uh, things where they compare it to previous products that are already on the market and things like that, um, and, and that's before they can even say if the if the government's going to approve it to come back on the market or not. So, you know, essentially what they've done here is they've kind of created this giant bottleneck, um, and and we know how fast you know the government tends to work on some of these kind of things. Just to give you an idea, um, you know, it can take about five thousand hours worth of paperwork uh just to do one product mm. is is kind of what they're anticipating here. Uh and, and also since And of course it's
0: gonna be the government's highest priority to make sure that these tobacco products get back out. Get back on the market. Get back on the market. That's right. That's yeah, right. So
1: yeah. so unfortunately, you know what we're what we have the prospect of is seeing a lot of our favorite new tobaccos um, and when I say new. I mean, we're talking you know almost ten years ago now. So
0: oh wow, that is almost ten. Years you know, ago. yeah, yeah
1: two thousand seven. I mean, we you know that's you know that's that's almost a decade of time of innovation within the pipe tobacco world and, and cigar industry uh, that will be gone. And and you know you think like okay, well maybe they'll come back on the market, but you know at at that point you know the the only Players in this game that can afford to spend the millions of dollars mm-hmm. to get these you know, products back on the market are going to be folks with really deep pockets. Well, um, so and- the
0: well-established companies out there who, who have been kind of part of similar processes in the past, I mean, to some extent, this is similar ground to what's come before, but, but how does this impact, for example... Your hometown tobacconist.
1: Well, you know, you say it uh, doesn't affect the big companies as much, but, you know, to be honest, like when, when you when you talk about that, we're talking about the really big companies. Sure, and, sure. Yeah. and what that means is the cigarette producers, yeah. <laughs> you know, and and what's what's telling about this, Bo, I think, is that, um, you know, uh, the some of the main cigarette producers, people like Altria and Philip Morris, were actually behind uh, pushing for some of this regulation, uh, and because what what that did is it forced the cigar and pipe premium folks to play by their rules, which they're already subjected to. Um, another thing as well, uh, because all the stuff past 2007 has to come off the market now, um, they're essentially every, uh, you know, e-cigarettes and vape products are a real big thing right now. There's a, you know, of course, the government, you know, kind of, you know, said they wanted to take these things off the market so they could study what was inside them to, you know, make sure that they could be, um, you know, safe for public health and all that, which, you know, we can debate uh, the merits of that, you know, all day. Uh, But essentially, if you think about just the timeline of it, every single uh, e-cigarette or uh, vape product uh, was with a very, very small number of exceptions actually came on the market past 2007. And so all these vape shops that have opened up throughout the United States are immediately about to be a thing of the past because they, I mean, you, you think about it, like a vape product essentially did not even exist before 2007. Yeah, no, yeah. The only ones that did were, were owned uh, and promoted by some of the biggest uh, cigarette companies, which I think is very interesting. So, so, so it's, like, got-
0: it's like Coke making water. That, right. right right when bottled water became a thing all of a sudden Coca-cola I guess had Coke, Coke's gonna water. get in that business right yeah. so
1: <laughs> so you know it, it but what's fascinating is that you've got these big cigarette companies that are kind of pushing uh, some of this stuff uh, causing the premium and the vape stuff to play uh, by their rules and and therefore hurting hurting the um, the more premium market overall um, you know there's a lot of a lot of you know gnashing of teeth right now amongst a lot of your you know high-end tobacco blenders that are like well is it going to be worth? Uh you know a company like you know McClelland or uh Cornell and deal or whoever to to reintroduce all these incredible blends that they've come out over the past ten years, like you know what what are the what are the gains and losses from doing that you know what's the opportunity cost for you know resubmitting these things go through years of wait uh you know warehouses full of this stuff uh legal fees you know all all this you know tied up production capacity and all these kind of things um you know just to get a blend, you know, like exhausted rooster reintroduced in, you know, 2023, <laughs> oh, man. You, you know, and so we, oh. we, we're having to wonder about that right now. Yeah. Um, you know, the, there's been estimates that, um, you know, over 50% of the modern cigar market could be, uh, taken off the shelf within the next two years. And, man. and you think about that, like, you know, so much of the, uh, cigar and pipe world right now is, you know, is, is focused on the boutique, Small batch, you know, hand blended, hand uh, you know picked kind of stuff. Everyone loves the craft stuff. You know, we're kind of living in the craft culture right now, um, and so you know this this is gonna you know the, the the folks that will be affected by this are those are those folks. You know, yeah,
0: you know, that's so that's so infuriating. Yeah, because I mean, you know, the the people who are making the like you you're exactly right, which is the the modern uh, craft cigar roller the modern craft tobacconist are making specialty products for a special market. Nobody's getting into tobacco right now because they want to like get a pipe in the mouth of every two-year-old.
1: Yeah. I know. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like
0: this isn't we're, the, the cigar and pipes, cigar and pipe shops and, and the folks making cigars, uh, the, the quality, the premium cigars, the folks making the quality, the premium tobaccos, they're not the cigarette companies. And that's, that really, and I mean, we've had this discussion before. And like I said, I would really encourage you to go and check out our, uh, separating the stigma episode where we kind of had a, a bit of a, a fairly honest, uh, opinion shared that, yeah, that sure. we also got some feedback from you guys. And and I know that this is one of those situations where not all of us share the same opinion, yeah. but I do feel very passionately about that. This is not cigarettes. And the fact that the, the cigarette companies want to like drag everybody else down with them as, as if we're the same is so infuriating to yeah. me. Yeah. So, but, but getting back to it, you're exactly right. I mean, a lot of these even larger, but not the big, you know, not the big cigarette companies, but even larger players in the space are going to be impacted pretty heavily.
1: You're still, you're still going to have, you know, a lot of, a lot of the big pipe tobacco folks that that are, you know, going to think, well, you know, where are we going to put our resources? And so, um, you know, that's something that, uh, you know, we'll have to you'll have to seriously look at. Now, I, you know, we get a treat, uh, tweet in from our friend uh, Hoctor the love doctor. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he tweets in Jeremy Reeves, the master blender uh, at Cornell and Deal says he feels that C&D will survive the regs regardless of the final outcome. And, and you've got a lot of companies like Cornell and Deal that have been around for so long and, of course, have uh, just such uh, loyalty and uh, consumer, you know, just a uh, market share and all these kind of things that that I think can and and, and will. Even the Country Squire, you know, we uh, people have been asking me like, "Are you?" Is this something you're scared of? And like, man, are you kidding me? Like, I mean, we, you know, this is a this is a you know pipe shop that is, uh, you know, weathered. You know, the cigar boom of the 1990s and and very uh deliberately did not pivot towards cigars yeah. uh when we probably should have <laughs> you know just to, yeah. i mean you know if you're looking at it from a from a purely economic standpoint and so uh man this ain't our first rodeo like we've been here a long time and um and i think a lot of uh tobacconists that have been here for a while uh are going to be able to weather it but you know is this something that is going to affect people's lives and also their selection opportunities like yeah yeah it really is it, it is it particularly You know, the folks from the uh, from the vape standpoint, the e-cigarette standpoint, uh, you're about to have tens of thousands of people out of work. Uh, over that, Now, you know we don't like to talk about politics on the show a lot, Bo. You we and, definitely I, you do and not. I pride ourselves on that, yeah. And, and even with this, it's it's very it's very touchy for me to kind of go, um, you know, back and forth on some of these things. And so uh, we want to respect people's opinions. But
0: if we were having a political um, discussion, I would I would argue both sides of the opinion and do so in a way that got everybody angry. <laughs> That's just typically how I do it. But we're not we're not
1: we're not talking. I, w- I would reach over there and find that mute button that you're always so prone to prone to hit. Where but, is the mute button? By the way? <laughs> I don't know. We need yeah. we need that. Uh, yeah yeah actually we have a mute button yeah, we do now um but yeah it you know i think it's uh i think it's one of those things where you know you're going to have players that are positioned well to to weather the storm yeah. um but then you're also going to have folks that, that that won't be able to and i think those are a lot of your real newcomers on the market uh that just just don't have an established uh you know presence uh particularly those that didn't have any products on on the shelf uh you know before before 2007 so um all this has kind of come around uh, you know on on a really interesting track i mean we we again kind of you know reminding ourselves we don't talk a lot about politics sure. um in the 1990s this all kind of started when the fda tried to start uh you know uh, its regulating pipe tobacco um and so you know you had kind of the fda uh, you know, uh, trying to regulate pipe tobacco, and then there was this big Supreme Court ruling uh, in 2000, uh, where the FDA was actually sued by uh, Brown and Williamson Tobacco Corporation. Uh, and basically, what the what the Supreme Court said was that you know the FDA did not have the express you know uh, uh, authority to regulate tobacco products. It was not uh, enumerated by Congress that the FDA had authority to to regulate this mm. stuff. And so you went through the 2000s, you know, it, because of that, the FDA couldn't regulate any tobacco products. And uh, you went through the 2000s, uh, you know, you kind of think of the political environment there, and um, and so the FDA was was hands off with with this stuff. Um, and, and then in 2009, after the political winds had kind of changed, um, the Congress passed the uh, it was it was titled the uh, Family Smoking Prevention and Tobacco Control Act, uh, which gave the FDA essentially authority overall tobacco. Uh, and so, uh, a lot of stuff happened that year. And, and if, if you've, if you've been around, uh, not just pipe tobacco, but kind of tobacco as a whole over, you know, the course of the past several years, you, you might've noticed some changes. One of the biggest changes I noticed, um, was you got rid of basically all the, um, flavored cigarettes that were out there. So even to this day, except for menthol, uh, you can't get really flavored cigarettes out there. Um, Another thing, too, uh, you know, if if you were used to, you know, you used to see cigarettes, uh, uh, you, you know, advertised as light cigarettes uh, and and you don't see light cigarettes anymore. They, they legally cannot call them that anymore. So now you'll you'll have people say, well, what do you which camel do you smoke? The camel blue or the camel, you know, silver or the, you know, Marlboro red or the Marlboro silver or whatever. And, uh, you know, they've kind of had to change their marketing strategy based on this stuff, too. So. Um, you know, so a lot of things change with that. Also, some of the labeling and packaging things, um, you know, where 50% of the uh, front of the, you know, packaging unit had to be dedicated to uh you know anti smoking you know this this is a basically a warning label kind of thing um and and so fast forward now from 2009 to 2016 and uh and so the FDA is kind of saying we're going to take those rules that have made it so stringent now for cigarettes um you know which which a lot of us support <laughs> you know and and we're going to put that now onto uh onto onto premium tobacco and uh you know cigars and and pipe tobacco and so Um, That's kind of where we find ourselves now. And, um, you know, is it it complicated? Yes. Uh, Is it, you know, not good news for uh, pipe enthusiasts? You know, no, it's not. It's it's not. But is this the end of the world? Or is it something where, you know, you're just, uh, you know, going to be, you know, unable to, you know, get premium pipe tobacco from now on? Um, No, it's not that way. And there are uh, some some rumblings of things that are kind of going on, I think, to defend uh, the interests of boutique and premium pipe smokers,
0: and that's important because I mean I think a lot of people are they're tweeting in right now, even asking, but senior chief, uh, yeah, Bowser's castle, yeah, bag end, yeah. Uh, you know, John again. John David Cole has not been a tobacconist for the last ten years. That's right. He's only been a tobacconist for the last couple of years. That's right. Uh, ten years ago, you were what a baby. You're like
1: no, I, I was sorry. an in, I was <laughs> yes I, I I was an infant. That's right. But
0: but you know yeah a I very, mean, obviously a very bearded one. Right? Obviously, I mean, as as fans of of, of pipes and pipe tobacco, Cornell and Dill Barron, I mean, the, the there's some names out there. Yeah. Um, Lane and what they've done. I mean, there's there's some big names out there that we know they've got some legacy blends that that will continue through kind of a what could potentially be seen as a dry spell. Yeah. Uh, and and will probably at some point hopefully be reintroduced. But what about? the the small batch blends made by the hometown tobacconist made by the hometown and yeah. more specifically I mean yeah. man a lot of people who listen to this they yeah. they've bought your tobaccos and many of them you've actually made custom blends for 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 them as well yeah yeah, yeah. so how does so, this impact like your your setup yeah and and, and those what, like you?
1: what I'm uh, happy about is the the international uh, premium uh, cigar and pipe association, uh, you know, that gets together every year. They actually, of course, big lobby group, and these are all for retailers uh, that, you know, uh, like us, we don't, uh, you know, these are retailers that focus primarily on premium tobacco Damn. products. And so uh, they have asked for a legal clarification on part of this deal. Basically, uh, as, as a part of the, uh, the ruling that came out, they've kind of said, OK, we are going to, you know, uh, require all the retailers uh, you know that that produce uh, you know custom blends to work you know almost be classified like a manufacturer and then go through the process of of you know becoming that and being regulated as such. Um, and, and so you know i I, I think um, it it's complicated there there's a lot of you know th- there's a lot of hope that maybe you know that'll be interpreted one way or the other um, but you know if you if you read it a certain way you could probably read it that. Uh, you know a, a a a small retailer without the right uh, you know certifications and all this kind of thing could not repackage a uh, a tobacco that's already on the market. Well, a lot of the tobaccos that I use are, are come in a bulk uh, blend you know or a bulk a bulk five pound bag of tobacco, and it's just something that i you know we get blending ingredients like this. so um, now are a lot of those blends have they been on the market? Uh, for years? Well, yeah, a lot of them have, you know, particularly the ones we use. Our shop is so old and our recipes are so old. And and even the newer blends we use, a lot of our uh, newer blends use ingredients that have just been on the market for a really long time. Um, but it still, you know, comes down to the fact that, okay, well, you know, if, if the ingredients predate 2007, mm. you know, that's one thing. But, but are they going to, you know, say that you can't, um, you know, repackage the tobacco in house, uh, and I think that's where the sticking point comes in, and 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 that's where you know our our friends uh, at the IPCPR, uh, you know, they have uh, requested clarification on this. That's um, so, w- w- which is good, and you know, but they're fighting for us. Th- they are, and yeah. and I think the big, you know, the the big hope right now is is in Congress. You know, and again, we're we're gonna tiptoe around all the political stuff here uh very deliberately <laughs> but you know i we there's uh, a, a a movement in congress right now uh with lots of um you know basically these bills that have been introduced to kind of make a carve out for pipe tobacco and for cigars uh and if i'm getting the numbers right the house resolution uh 662 and i believe senate bill 441 if i'm if i'm correct i could be butchering that but but th- there's one on each side of the legislature there in in DC uh that have kind of taken up uh this you know banner for premium tobacco products and have said like let's carve out exceptions for you know the pipe world and the cigar world yeah. and so uh you know every day uh those um, bills are gaining more and more uh you know co-signers for you know from the representatives and senators there uh you know saying that they they want to support this but um you know so so there is hope there Um, But, yeah, I mean, you know, obviously, if these rules are interpreted in a certain way, um, you know, we could we could see the end of some uh, some tobaccos that, you know, have been debuted here at the Country Squire and and other uh, small tobacconists, uh, you know, in the past several years. So so I I think, you know, right now, the answer is we don't really know. We
0: we don't we just don't really know. Can I put can I kind of put it in, in terms of like foodstuffs to see if I'm following correctly? Yeah. So so you make gumbo. Yep. And it's good gumbo.
1: I would never make good gumbo. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I'm I'm making a you gumbo. You make the gumbo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
0: making a You've gumbo. You actually won trophies for this stuff. And uh, and and I'm using Tabasco. Right. And I love, you know, like, tib- now, Tabasco yeah. is a sauce that I did not personally make. That's it right. is actually made as, to be an ingredient That's into right. something else. And That's so right. I use that as an ingredient into my gumbo. And let's say that, you know, Tabasco from time to time, they put out new versions of their Tabasco sauce. So let's say there's some sort of weird, wild, you know, Cajun mesquite Tabasco sauce they put out. Right. Like two years ago. Right. And as crazy as that name sounds, it actually tastes pretty good when yeah. mixed with some other stuff. And I maybe you want to use it in a, you know, new recipe or something. Experiment and so with it. I make this gumbo that's an award-winning gumbo. Right. But all of a sudden, um, the the uh, FDA or whomever says, okay, Tabasco cannot sell products. Yeah, it has to take all products off the market that were made in the last X amount of years. That's right. Which include that mesquite barbecue cage and whatever I just said, <laughs> and which means that I no longer have access to it. Therefore, that new gumbo I was making- Right. I don't. I don't have any ability to make it anymore. That's right. Okay. That's so right. So i you. It, it. It. It's something
1: like that. Are yeah. you hungry? And, and I'm starving. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know about the uh, mesquite cajun uh, I just throw whatever, it there, but I yeah. Know. I mean, I think uh, I think a, a, a good yorkist uh, gumbo would be great. Yeah, yeah. uh, Rue York City was that? New York, York City. York? That's yeah, what Yeah. That's like. right. Uh, but yeah, I think. Um, you know i think we're just going to have to see how this shakes out again we're in the very early stages of this uh you know there's a lot of uh you know petitions going around right now i i saw quite a quite a few of them if i can pull the website up on uh, you know the White House has a uh, a site where you can uh, you know create and then join on to petitions uh, it's called petitions.whitehouse.gov Yeah and, I remember
0: uh, when uh, somebody commissioned tried to commission the White House to build a death star Yeah uh, that's right Yeah yeah, yeah. I,
1: I think I signed on for that actually <laughs> really? Yeah
0: yeah no I, I was I was a big proponent of that <laughs> Oh man uh, to dominate the universe right 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 um, right as long as the guns pointed that way not
1: right. <laughs> this way <laughs>
0: right. But
1: uh, you know I, th- there are uh, a few petitions on there right now which I would encourage you to support and uh you know we'll we'll be pointing folks to those over the next few okay. weeks and, and also as we learn more again i, I you know I, i've i've talked round and round we've kind of you know said a lot of things and that might be kind of confusing and trust me they really are it is <laughs> it is uh, yeah, i encourage you to read some of the stuff that the fda handed down um you know, if, uh, this is an evolving thing. All this to say, this is confusing. Yep. It's evolving. It's something that, uh, is going to continue to develop. And, and, um, and so we'll, we'll see where it goes. But
0: who was the group that you said, the, the lobbyist group that was trying to separate cigars and pipes from?
1: Uh, yeah, the inter- international, gosh, I always, butcher it you think I, well I'm, you know
0: all these groups names they all have like you know yeah ridiculous, it's the, there's uh, an acronym out there i'm it's sure it's the
1: international premium cigar and pipe retailers the ipcpr, I-P-C-P-R. 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 And, uh, yeah yeah
0: uh, <laughs> we, But we they, need uh, to reach out to them yeah let's, let's they, see if see that doing a shop talk they, or they're
1: like that. they're a really important organization the squire has been a member since the you know since the beginning of our yeah. shop and um you know it's one of those um one of those things where you know just folks are folks are kind of uh Trying to figure out, okay, what's the next step, and uh, and there's a lot of folks that um, that get it, and you know there's hope out there. So I, I think from the squire standpoint, uh, will a shop like us make it over the next uh, you know forty years? Man, we we're 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 good to go. Like this isn't our first radio; we've been down this before, and we'll we'll figure it out going forward. But um, but that does not mean we shouldn't fight uh, for our hobby, for our rights, for our liberty. Uh, you know those things that we uh, hold dear. And, uh, and push back a little bit, maybe against the old, uh, the old nanny state telling us what we can't do.
0: <laughs> so when you first read this uh, regulation, at first you were afraid. I mean, you were petrified. You thought that you could never oh, – I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah but you'll survive it was terrible <laughs> that's where i was going with that i don't know if anybody saw that coming but uh hey man yeah
1: good, good 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 segue
0: good uh good <laughs> worst segue <laughs> ever no man you uh you did it you did a, a fantastic job i think um uh, explaining it in a way hopefully that that uh, many of us can understand and like you said we'll uh, keep our our thumb to the pulse, and as new developments come out, we'll we'll kind of spread it out in news from time to time. That's right. Uh, and uh, you know, it, it, it'd be great if we could actually get some of these um uh, kind of uh, counselors and uh, advocates to actually yep. uh, come on. Maybe not for a full show, maybe for a shop talk sometime. I, think so. A quick check-in I or something think so. Fifteen minute like check in. I think so. The that.
1: the exciting thing has been uh, the out overwhelming you know outpouring of yep. of uh you know uh, just. The, the voices of pipe enthusiasts that have come forward to say like, you know, what are we going to do about this? And and so I think you've seen a lot of that. Uh, and, and that's, that's being represented by uh, folks that are, you know, kind of taking this banner up in Congress and uh, you know, obviously the petitions that are going around. And so uh, you know, right now immediately, what can you do? Uh, man, you need to, you need to contact your uh, your representative or, or senator and, Uh, You know, encourage them or the White House, for that matter, and encourage them to take a look at this, um, you know, from a very uh, rational standpoint that uh, doesn't, you know, look at it from, you know, very particular, you know, political eyes and just say, you know, what 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 should we do as reasonable human beings about this for an industry that uh, is very important, is very safe, uh, is is, you know, has been, uh, you know, well Thought of over the years, uh, but you know now with the changing political seas are kind of being lumped in with a with a product that uh, that you know has some negative connotations I think um yeah I think there's a there's a way to get through this, and I think that uh, that folks hopefully cooler heads will will prevail
0: well man, I'll tell you what um, i think uh, I think this has been a very cool conversation a cool headed conversation it I has considered and it I think did a, a fantastic job, and uh, you know who else does a fantastic job? Who's that, Bo? The good folks at Missouri Mearsham. They do, man. They Golly. do a fantastic job <laughs> in uh, in carving some just amazing corn cob pipes. That's and, right. Uh, as y'all know, the uh, Missouri Mearsham has been a sponsor of this show for just several, several weeks and months at this point. And we we absolutely love them, the quality products they create. We've got a pipe sponsoring this show that is really cool and really tiny. Yeah. It's the Morgan corn cob Pipe, which is a delightful little nose warmer. It actually has that natural finish. Is that what you... I, I've been calling it a natural finish on those style, but, but what would you yeah. say that is?
1: Yeah, yeah. It's It's a natural finish. Uh, They have one, uh, I believe, that is a uh, that is a uh, polished finish. Oh, do they really? Yeah, they do. They have one of each, but then uh, but then they also have the natural finish. And so, uh, yeah, think of a small uh, apple shaped pipe, and and one of our best selling Savinelli shapes here at the shop is a two oh seven Savinelli. It's a real compact, uh, you know, apple shaped pipe, straight pipe, and uh, man, this is like. This is the the Missouri Meerschaum version of that, and it is just so perfect. It is a, it is the great pocket pipe uh, for your everyday use. So oh just God. a real nice uh, kind of lengthy shank compared to the size of the uh, the bowl on this pipe, and uh, it's one of those that I think you'll be tempted to tote with you wherever you go.
0: I'm I'm tempted to become like a Missouri Meerschaum collector. I mean, the prices on all these there's things a reason are people so do, <laughs> and I mean like all the various shapes and styles you can get. I mean it's yeah. it's kind of tempting. It's, yeah. It's calling me in. <laughs> it looks great. But yeah. So check it out, guys. Missouri Meershawn, they make quality products. Again, we thank them for being a sponsor of the show. And we thank you guys for going and checking out their products. And if you happen to have a Morgan corncob pipe, be yep. sure to take a selfie with it. Smoke it this week. Uh, and uh, yeah, tweet those into us. We will retweet those out. And uh, again, thanks to good folks at Missouri Meerschaum Pipe
1: question of the
0: week. My question of the week comes in from Morton and i've been calling him sandevi but his name I is actually this. sanvi
1: yeah that's right
0: okay morton <laughs> sanvi sorry morton
1: <laughs> and 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 he he mentions that he's danish too which uh which you know
0: i mean danish and dyslexic and so he gives me the pass <laughs> cuz he get like <laughs> that's fair we get we get each other yeah that's good that's good uh, morton writes and he says hey bo and john david i wanted to ask you about allocating a different tobacco for specific pipe uh, when it started when i started out my pipe smoking adventure i gra- gravitated towards english blends uh, that I was all, that, and that was all I smoked. I still like English blends, but during a long flu, parentheses, that's when the fever took over and I went crazy on the quick fire questions, (laughs) in the parentheses, (laughs) I somehow went through a taste transition and Orlick Golden Slice became my new best friend. Uh, The flu is now all gone and Latakia has begun rearing its ugly face from time to time again. So I'm thinking with Latakia back in my life, I was trying to think about uh, allocating specific pipes for Latakia blends, but somehow I feel kind of reluctant do so. Yeah. Um, due to that I am, uh, a day to day grocery shopper type. I never know <laughs> what I'm in the mood for. And I feel like with pipes, uh, I feel like that with pipes too. So what are your thoughts and, uh, what do you guys do? And then he also uh, gives uh, some praise for the show. He says he can't thank us enough for the uh, for the podcast, and also gives me a, a large amount of grace for for butchering his name for weeks upon weeks upon weeks years we doing weeks. That. What are you talking about? <laughs> years? Yeah. Sorry <laughs> Morten, about that. Morton's been such
1: a good friend of the show for a long time, oh, and uh, That's right. and uh, man, we thank you for writing in, brother. Uh, yeah. Uh this is interesting. You know, I it you know, so the, the the flu is gone. Now Latakia is back in the ball game and so we're thinking okay, how do we reintroduce this without uh, you know, messing up your collection? I I I, I don't know. I think you are going to have to pick out some pipes that uh you don't mind tasting a little smoky for a while, you know? Um it, that's one of those things I I have I have learned and even lamented the fact about myself over the past year uh that I have I've have become more and more of a uh, pipe smoker that does not smoke a lot of Latakia. I just don't smoke a lot of it. And the, and the blends I do smoke that feature Latakia, uh, are just very, very small, small amount. You know, it's a very small proportion of, of Latakia in those blends. And so, uh, when I do smoke a, a Latakia blend, um, you know, I tend to pull for specific pipes that, uh, just, you know, are kind of set aside for those. And, um, you know, in, and. and 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 i just kind of segregate them in different pipes i don't know i think you i think you may have to do the same thing now now let's think about it rationally though if you have a uh pipe that you know you uh, dedicate maybe to virginias or mm. uh you know some other type of blend you know you mentioned you like orlet golden slice morton um you know i think uh you know if you smoke a english blend in there that's not just a, a lot bomb uh, of some description, uh, just a blend that won't uh completely overwhelm it. I think you're fine, you That's know and rant. and and even an occasional blend, you know, here and there that uh you know has Latakia, uh you know, even a good bit of Latakia. I think as long as it's not a regular all the time thing, you're not gonna mess up pipes that um you know that that have, uh, you know, have a certain taste to them or anything like that. You might get a little ghosting, but, you know, to be honest with you, man, you're a pipe smoker because you enjoy it. You don't, you, you probably don't own a bunch of pipes just as decorations. You want to smoke them and enjoy them. And, uh, man, your, your pipe can handle whatever blend you put in it. <laughs> so, uh, you know, if you've got a, got a blend that's broken in for Orlick Golden Slice, man, um, you know, if it's, if it's a real, uh, you know, time of day, and you're just craving a good English blend, man. Put it in there, and and don't smoke a English blend in there again for for a while. And uh, and and man, it it'll be fine.
0: You know, this this question speaks to me personally because I'm yeah. the exact same way. Yeah, like I'm very much I, you know, I maybe one day I'm in the mood for this. Maybe I'm uh, in the mood for that. And the same thing with my pipes. It's like, all right, what am I going to do? And what am I in the mood for it? Yeah. It's, it's very rarely, you know, just the exact same thing. All I love the
1: time. that he describes himself as a day-to-day <laughs> grocery, grocery <laughs> shopper. Yeah. yeah.
0: And, and I get that. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I'm
1: very, you know, I'm, i have very eclectic taste. I never want the same thing. Like our, our customers that come in and, and have for years, they've bought, uh, you know, Cherokee by the pound yeah. every month for, you know, 40 years. Like I. I don't know how they do it. I mean, I, you know, it, it's one thing to smoke that much tobacco, but then also, uh, you know, how do you, uh, how do you do, just go through life without the variety? I, I don't know. So I, you know, <laughs> I, I think, man, your, your pipes are versatile. They can take the heat, uh, load them up and. Um, and, and smoke them and you know if it's got a little ghosting man you'll be fine well
0: and I would also encourage you to start checking out some Morta pipes as well which are really good yeah. for kind of switching out different tobaccos that's right uh, we talk all the time about having a good corn cob pipe uh, like like the good folks at Missouri Shop. that's right uh, and uh, and making sure that you have kind of something there that if, if you want to try something new that maybe is outside of uh, a rotation or something of that nature uh, you can kind of gravitate for me personally I, I tend to when I'm very fickle if I'm going to go somewhere and I still haven't f- picked out what I'm going to smoke I typically go specifically with my morta my rhino, or, uh, or yeah, one of my uh, Missouri meerschaum, or a Missouri meerschaum,
1: yeah. 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 cob pipe is uh, is is perfect for that. So yeah, work that into your rotation, and uh, yeah, good call on the on the Morda too, man. Mm-hmm. Morda is, is just smokes, so, or, or or you know Turkish meerschaum yeah, too. They yeah, just yeah. smoke so clean. They just clean, clean smokes. You don't really build cake, and you know it's a uh, it's a good opportunity to just smoke whatever you want. Quick fire
0: with, with the squire. The squire. All right, man, we got some great quick fire questions and These actually come in from Varge, the pipe pirate. Yeah. <laughs> man, we met Varge. Is Barge. this a real
1: person? No, yeah, we met him in Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> man, it's great. As we, we met so many awesome people really in Chicago, did. man. Yeah. It's great. I was just, uh, just chatting the other day online with uh, our friend Steve from Wisconsin and. Uh, man, we just had folks all over the world that, uh, that we really got to spend a lot of good time with. So that was great.
0: He actually, he sent in some quick fire questions a while back with, with somewhat of a a Chicago theme, although it's kind of all over the place. So here we go. Entertainment is the theme of tonight's, uh, tonight's, uh, quick fire questions. Got it. Bill Murray or Stephen Colbert? Uh, Steve Colbert. Yeah,
1: man. Yeah, yeah Bill, Bill Murray. That's a little. That's a little vintage. I think. Oh, I, yeah, I, I don't there's know. a is lot that... of
0: listeners who you just made really mad. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know.
1: I, I, I don't know. It just seems a little
0: dated. I, I don't know. I, I I gotta go with Stephen Colbert. Uh, Bill Bill Murray is a classic. Stephen Colbert is a treasure. I'm gonna have to go with Stephen Colbert. Yeah. Okay. Yep. That's that's I am go. Uh, John,
1: I think we're gonna get a little hate mail. And we're gonna right? get a lot of hate mail. <laughs> just just you wait for what's coming.
0: John Belushi or Chris Farley? Ooh. That's a good one. That is a Ooh. really, really kind of tough one. <laughs> man, that's just mean. Uh Chris Farley. I'm gonna go Belushi. Okay, um, Farley was John, great. John Belushi. Yeah, John Belushi. I'm gonna go with Belushi. <laughs> uh, yeah, Farley's Farley's excellent. I mean, you can't beat his uh, Chippendale dance with the flab going everywhere. That but, is
1: uh, is pretty great.
0: And the van down by the river, of course, classic. But um, now yeah. Belushi was he was uh man. His he did the Godfather right back in the day. Uh he had a Godfather sketch that he was. Uh, I can't remember, to be honest his, with you. He's Marlon I, I can't. <laughs> I can uh, That was pretty good. You thank did, you. You did a good job. Siskel or Ebert? Probably Robert Ebert. Yeah, because- Ro- Ro- Roger Ebert. Siskel yeah. is dead. Right when we were growing up. Well, yeah,
1: but then Ebert. I think Roger Ebert died uh, just a few years ago. Very, very recently. Yeah, uh, yeah. but
0: I remember very specifically uh, Ebert and Roper. I think was uh, his. Yeah, it was his, Eber, Ebert
1: Roper. Yeah, it's the replacement. But uh, you know, Ebert was it, Ebert was interesting. He would um, it, he had these really. Uh, wonderful ways of just skewering these awful movies. You know, I, I don't yeah. know if, and, and what's funny is that, you know, I don't even watch movies. I, y'all make fun of me for this all the time. I don't know any <laughs> of this. It's a miracle I even knew what Revenge of the Jedi was when you got that T-shirt. Oh, man, that's But, great. you know, it's, um, you know, it, it, Ebert had this uh, great this great way of just skewering these awful movies in this very poetic way. I would really encourage you to look up some of his uh, just more severe uh, critiques of, of some movies over the past 20 years. I think it you'd Skewer enjoy is
0: them. exactly the word. Yeah. That's well placed. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And finally, John Cusack or Joan Cusack?
1: Uh, I, I have no opinion. John Cusack.
0: I'll go with John Cusack. I'm not a big fan. But if I had to choose, <laughs> that's that's how I go. Great, great quick fire question. He's actually we got tons of them, man. So uh, we'll be going through Varge the Pipe Pirates uh, quick fire
1: questions. <laughs> Dude, those yeah, those minutes. are great. Those are great. Well,
0: hey, uh, great great quick fire questions. Of course, from Varge the Pipe Pirate. Uh, if you've got some quick fire questions, man, you can awesome. send them in csr at uh, Hey, we want to also tell you finally about our last sponsor before jumping into our uh, listener feedback this Dude, week. Yeah, absolutely. Now, of course, if you followed us through the this uh, if you followed us during the uh, the Chicago Pipe Show and our coverage there, you know we were brought out there by the, uh, the brand new web community, This Pipe Life. And uh, This Pipe Life is now sponsoring the show. We're That's really right. excited about this, guys. It's an online community that is unlike any other. It's very visual in its approach. Uh, there is kind of a, a Facebook, Instagram... Um, Freshness, I think, I guess is the the, yeah, the word to, to kind of it. describe it. Yeah. Uh, when you when you go in, you do have to register it to get in. If you go to thispipelife.com, you can go ahead and register to get in. Uh, there's forums. There's images. It's a it's a really cool place. Uh, we actually we are we are registered there under Country Squire Radio. I think is the account. That's right. All one word, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> um, so yeah. So we'll be popping on the forums there from time to time too. And uh, and yeah, we're really uh, really looking forward to uh, being more and more involved in that community. And that's right. Want to thank the good folks at This Pipe Life for sponsoring the show. Absolutely. Your thoughts, your, your comments. comments, listener feedback. All right, listener feedback this week. Um, oh man, <laughs> this is almost kind of becoming its own segment. But uh, we're <laughs> going to kick off listener feedback with uh, a return, a return of a favorite here. You ready for this? Yeah, bring it. He won an Olympic gold medal in fencing using a broken pipe stem. That, that's that's
1: fair. I think I could do that.
0: He once sailed around the world without a sail. He used bikini tops, knotted together. (laughs) They were your own. I mean, let's be honest. They were my own, right? (laughs) Right. He's such an icon that Gandalf blows smoke in the shape of his face. (laughs) He smokes so well. His mama smacks you. <laughs> he is John David Cole, the most interesting man in pipe tobacco.
1: That's ridiculous, man.
0: I love uh, that. That is yeah. my that is my favorite thing. Well, as you know, y'all keep sending them in, and we'll keep doing it. Those uh, those are great. It's a combination of. Uh, man, if we got Gandalf in from, blew
1: out a puff of smoke that looked like me, like I, I think people would, people would recoil in horror. <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: great. Uh, those came in from uh, Homestead Economics in <laughs> uh, Portland Paul. So thanks, guys, so much. Yeah, that's awesome. We got uh, Facebook. My mama would not smack anyone. No, no. She's one of the sweetest people on the planet. <laughs> uh, uh, you, but that that's the thing. You just smoke that good. That's yeah. The, no, that's it. That's uh, Eric E. on Facebook writes in and says, hey, guys, I'm new to your show and I'm really enjoying it. On your Latakia show, you brought up chicory coffee. Mm. Uh, a little more on a historical note, chicory was introduced to coffee by the French settlers from Europe and French Cajuns from Canada. Uh, Napoleon desired to make French independent uh, of any imports, such as coffee, so he ordered the drinking of chicory as a coffee substitute. Uh, people began mixing it with coffee grounds to make the their beans go further and soon many drinkers preferred the flavor chicory neat never really took uh, uh, never really took off, but chicory coffee did. Keep up the great program. And that again is from Eric E on Facebook. Dude, great, great call on
1: that. That's so cool. I, yeah, it's really funny. I was actually uh, just drinking a huge cup of uh, community coffee with chicory uh, this morning. That's kind of my morning go to. And uh, I, I I had a particular jitter to my uh, step today, <laughs> and I, I think it's because I've had my maybe a little bit too much chicory in my yeah, coffee. Yeah. I'm not sure, but uh, yeah, man, it's it's one of those things. It's uh, just a you know kind of a, a French American tradition, particularly from uh, from the South around Louisiana. We we love that good coffee with chicory in it. And uh, man, I I um yeah, great great his, history lesson there. That's, That's awesome.
0: awesome. Yep. Uh, and then finally, we have got an iTunes review from Hello. <laughs> <laughs> you got me on that username Wait, you want to read that one? You want me to get this one? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. All right <laughs> This is from iTunes H. Uh, Lokes Hey maybe uh, Oh, okay One of the pest uh, Let's see one of the best on the net, he says. Uh, I stumbled across the show while looking for pipe information. Since finding it three weeks ago, I've listened to all the past episodes, which for the most part are timeless and informative. Uh, John, David, and Bo mix together pipes, their lives, their beliefs, and other fun items to keep it interesting and enjoyable. I'm looking forward to making a trip through Jackson soon, uh, where I hope to meet them and pick up some great tobaccos. Man, absolutely, brother. You come by any time you want. We appreciate your uh, writing in, we'd love to have you here.
0: Absolutely, thank you so much. That's uh, great, uh, great listener feedback. We also want to encourage you, if you've not done so already, uh, go over to iTunes and write us a review. Yeah, it's a great way to show some love for the show, and it doesn't cost you a dime to do it. So uh, go to iTunes. And the other th- nice thing too is, you know, we get these wonderful emails, we get great Facebook messages in. We try to pepper those through, and sometimes it it can even take months before we actually kind of get a uh, an email in. But if you write us an iTunes review, it's guaranteed to be read on the show. So. Hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, <laughs> <laughs> go write us an iTunes review. Uh, we also want to encourage you to uh, be sure to check out the live show. We want to give special thanks to those who are checking out the live show on uh, CountrySquireRadio.com yeah. on Monday nights. Uh, you can join us and be part of the conversation. Uh, if you uh, join us at CountrySquireRadio.com on Monday nights, that is 6.30 p.m. Central Time, Four thirty Pacific, seven thirty Eastern. CountrySquireRadio.com is the place to be. If you head over to Twitter at Squire Radio, if you follow us there, you can actually tweet into us during the show. As we've gotten some great and uh, wonderful commentary from all of y'all who've been tuning in uh, for this particular week, we encourage you to do so throughout the week. Again, at Squire Radio on Twitter is where you can follow the show. You can follow me at the Real York.
1: I'm at John David Cole, or you can get us at the shop at at underscore Country Squire.
0: And uh, of course, again, all that information can be found at countrysquareradio.com.
1: Hey, our friend uh, Varge uh, wants to be sure that we know that if the FDA ruling goes through, uh, he won't be the only pipe pirate. Oh!
0: that's probably that's probably true. That's probably true. I I, I could I could see that. Hey, uh, that, this has actually kind of works as a nice little tease for what we're going to be talking about next. Yeah, good good tease. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. For for actually, next week. So next week, you know, we we did this a long time ago. We did a uh, podcast on uh, on pipes and pirates and pipe tobacco during the golden age of piracy. Yep. Uh, we're going to reopen that. Topic. I've been in a major pirate kick. When I was in Mexico, I was actually reading a book uh, called "If a Pirate I Must Be," and like tobacco is all through that because tobacco was such a huge commodity that was uh, constantly being transported across the ocean, which of course was constantly being uh, kidnapped and uh, and added to the prizes of pirates. So. I'm looking, forward to, uh, I'm looking forward to that one, my friend. I'm just looking forward to our fabulous Bo York accent. Oh, yeah. It's going to be great. Those pirates, that's going to be a good one. <laughs> so uh, y'all check out that. But, uh, man, let's go have a night. All right, brother. Good to see you. You've been listening to Country Squire Radio. For more information on this and other shows, please visit potistery.com.